0: Hmm. Ah. Hmm. Huh.
1: If I go, when you go, and when
0: you find him. Okay.
2: Okay. When
1: I go and find the brave man,
0: <laughs> we're at the
1: coast. I have to
0: go.
3: Zetheads, welcome to our podcast. I'm Jason, and I'm Lucy, and this is the Walking Dead cast, episode three ninety. This episode's made possible by mm. Patreon supporters like Jason Hill, who've pledged their support at patreon.com slash Jason and Karen. So thank you to Jason.
1: Thank you, Jason.
3: I hope you guys are yeah valuing that we're we're still podcasting through all this stuff, and I'm really thankful now more than ever for patreon supporters and i'll just mention quickly karen and i did a new jason and karen show recently on better call Saul, but we also talked about the coronavirus and a bunch of other stuff the scale of the universe microwave ovens (laughs) etc
1: the the essentials
0: yeah
3: (laughs) pretty much just random stuff all right let's just get right into today's episode attention shoppers
2: deadcast top five in five, four,
3: three,
0: two.
3: Okay, it's Deadcast Top 5. This week is our Top 5 Highlights for Walking Dead Season 10, Episode 13, What We Become. The last episode for Denai on The Walking Dead, which you and I have known about for a long time and I think yeah. so have most of our listeners, but we have really tried to warn whenever we talk about it of spoilers. Mm-hmm. And I did see at least one comment saying, Oh, I didn't even know this was Michonne's last episode. So <gasps> I'm like, "Ah, oh, if we even just saved one person <laughs> from knowing a spoiler, it was all worth it. Cause that was a pain in the ass, not being able to talk about it.
1: <laughs> it super was, it really, really was, <laughs>
3: <laughs> but now we don't have to keep it a secret. So what did you think of this episode?
1: I, honestly don't know
3: (laughs) it was a weird one
1: my first point like my number five is is this a good episode (laughs) i don't know i i genuinely i'm like is it wonderful or is it terrible like i i honestly like some reviews have said this is one of the walking dead's like standout episodes like the av club gave it an a minus and others have been like well that was a waste of time and i'm just like i, I don't know where i stand well, <laughs> i just don't know like I did. what did you think
3: i thought you know i thought it was as a whole uneven i thought mm. it had some classic frustrating walking dead things with people being dumb and doing questionable things and it being kind of mm-hmm. confusing like convoluted plotting like wait what happened there um mm-hmm. and some things that were really fresh and interesting and cool and also nostalgic and you know pointing back to thing closing loops and things like that that I like but then Mm -hmm. the ending which we'll get into it left me feeling pretty rotten and I did not like it at all so after the ending I was like fuck this episode (laughs) that's how I
0: felt
1: it was just so uneven it was so uneven like I just i I genuinely, like, I didn't hate it. Like, I've watched episodes where I've been, I hated that episode. I absolutely hated it. But this one just left me kind of nothingy, which is such a shame because I love Michonne. She's I know. one of my absolute top characters. Yeah. And I think Denai Gurira did amazingly. Yeah. But I, I just. I, it felt weird it you just want michonne's like, final yeah. episode
3: to be really good for them to stick the landing on mm-hmm. it and and it's so hard with this because it's like in the marvel universe movies when they need to promote other movies and so it changes the plot in a way that is obvious and unsatisfying sometimes i mean they've gotten better about that but you, you know, I they haven't come out right right out and said this, but it seems pretty clear that they're making way for Michonne to be a part of any Rick Grimes movies that may or may not come out, mm-hmm. right? And so that's why yeah. it ended the way it did. And so the question becomes, was that really the best ending for this character's story or was it a forced ending because they wanted her to be in this movies? And to me, mm-hmm. it totally felt like the latter.
1: Definitely in the last five minutes or so that really became clear like there were some points like i almost wish they just left her on the boat or something like i don't know there were other points where i was like cut it here like you know or something i feel like oh i don't know yeah there's so much about it there where i was just really like "Uh?"
3: but then you know i think the majority of the episode well it was a bit jumbled i mean i think a lot of it was to set up the reason why michonne would go after rick But I Mm -hmm. also, so I think that's part of the reason why we had this episode with her hallucinating and stuff. But I also think it was meant to sort of be a comment on what journey her character has taken over the course of the show and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, which is, that's something that I can get behind on a final episode for a character. But then it was a little unsatisfying that she would have that with no one that she knew around her. So that was the bit
1: that really struck me was like not having that connection with a current character there felt really cheap it felt like oh they've had to fly Danai in just to do an episode standalone because they can't get her for the ensemble and yeah that just felt really kind (laughs) of depressing yeah I I I mean I don't know why
3: they did it but it felt so disconnected from the show
1: yeah, like I mean, I find myself when Virgil was on screen just being like, I don't care. Like,
3: <laughs> Virgil's I an don't asshole.
1: Care. I'm just like, <laughs> well, I just like who the f- who the fuck is Virgil? <laughs> like, why do I give a shit about this person? Like, yeah.
3: That actor is a good actor, but unfortunately, he's really good at playing annoying people. He was also in one season of uh, American Horror Story, and he was super annoying oh, in that
1: too. Oh, that's the where Roanoke face one. From. Well, that's interesting because I was talking about Roanoke in relation to this episode today yeah, like the actual yeah the actual um, myth of well the actual story of Roanoke and how it was abandoned and all of that stuff there's really good stuff they don't want you to know about Roanoke um, yeah I, I don't know so honestly my number five is that very question of whether or not I like this episode okay. if it was good or not yeah. like on on the good side I think it wanted to be like clear and it did manage some bits of clear quite well like the kind of bottle episode getting a bit further into characters sort Mm -hmm. of the road not taken because in clear that was rick and morgan yeah and here you've got kind of michonne and virgil showing you the same sort of thing i enjoyed you know i'll talk about the other things i enjoyed as my other points but there was something flat about it like i just couldn't get excited about it and i really felt like especially having not seen michonne yet this half season that I would be really excited by this episode. And I just wasn't. I just felt Mm -hmm. quite ambivalent about it. And I don't feel, like, when I was doing my top five, I feel like not much happened. I was like, what can I talk about? And I was like, I mean, not much actually. You know, nothing really was progressed apart from this massive teaser for the Rick Grimes films, which we don't even know will happen now. And that is... Yeah. I mean, that's not a spoiler. It's not being said that they're up in the air or anything. It's just we haven't heard anything about them for a while. So this is complete speculation on my part. Um, and the fact that they haven't done an announcement in the last 24 hours makes me think mm-hmm. that something might be on hold. I don't know. So I just feel a bit... I want it better, and I don't feel like this was the best they could have done. Mm-mm.
3: Yeah. I feel like sometimes all the writers get together... they really try hard i mean i know how this is just sometimes it doesn't Mm. come out as well as others and i feel like this had some good it looked like it probably had a lot of potential and i don't know i mean there were definitely some parts of it that i really liked but um yeah
1: i just i don't understand ultimately why they couldn't have her because they established that the island is not it's like a five-hour boat ride or something she says to virgil he says something like could you have done that five hours ago so why wouldn't she go back and, I don't know, pick up some stuff, get a team together? See, you know, I know it's because Plot and because Danai Gurira is leaving, but it just it seems weird yeah. that she's set to go home and then it's like, actually, I think you should go, says Judith. And she's like, okay, cool, well, be good for Uncle yeah. Daryl, bye! Like, <laughs> <laughs> I know. I just, I don't, I, I feel like that, that asks a lot of us in terms of suspending our disbelief about Michonne's character, but if it works it works i'm not convinced it does yet but i guess we'll see how it pays off
3: Mm. all right well my number five is i mean i'm just gonna go with the thing that affected me the most about this episode and that is michonne going after rick and how i felt about it and Mm. i just to put it out there i hated it i hate that she left her kids. she's got judith who okay you Mm -hmm. might argue is mature beyond her years and capable of taking care of herself but then she's got little rj who, oh,
1: they're tiny. They're little tiny people. Yeah. Like, no, you know? Yeah.
3: And and just because, I mean, even the way they played it, like Judith was saying, you have to go. We're okay. What if he needs you more? What if he's trying to come home but no one will help? The look on Kaylee Fleming's face... Looked to me like she was thinking. I hope she doesn't say yes right now. Yeah, even though I'm right? doing what I think she wants me to do. I really want my mommy. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, "Okay, I'm going north." And and then <laughs> and then Judith barely smiled. It was just heartbreaking, mm-hmm. man. Like I'm a it parent, was so you know, and to think about leaving your like Rick's been gone for six years. So yeah. uh, RJ doesn't, RJ know doesn't even RJ, know Rick. Yeah, and plus, what's mm-hmm. the urgency like? we know uh, she doesn't even ask any of the adults if it's okay and mm-hmm. we know some of the um that daryl was tracking rick for years and plus he's a great tracker why mm-hmm. not go talk to him about it see if he wants to help make mm-hmm. a plan get a task force yeah. together maybe bring the kids with you you know
1: or even just you know cross check some of that information like Alpha's not a problem anymore okay yeah. cool like no how, follow-up would you questions mean have we got her <laughs> yeah
3: because that makes it worse because it's like we know that that's not the whole truth that Beta's still out mm-hmm. there and, and a lot of whispers and Judith is anything but safe. So it makes Michonne mm-hmm. look reckless by not following up to ask about that. You know, it makes her seem kind of careless. And I don't I, I agree. With, I don't I'm not trying to criticize Michonne because I don't think this goes along with what we've seen of her character. I think it's just an unfortunate circumstance because of where they are with deny leaving the show and them setting up these movies. So they had to and they love Kaylee Fleming, rightly so, and want to keep her on the show. So they had mm-hmm. to figure out a way to have Michonne exit with Judith still being on the show, and this was the best that they could come up with. And I don't know if they mm-hmm. could have come up with any better way than this, but I thought it fucking sucked.
1: Yeah, I think the only other solution is to kill Michonne, and the fact that they yeah. haven't done that means that this is all about the films, exactly. which annoys me more. <laughs> right?
3: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's it's probably about the films. I also think they're a bit gun shy about killing main characters after mm. uh, Glenn and Abraham, like Rick. Mm-hmm. Rick left without dying maggie left without dying and now michonne so that could be part of it too but i really do think it's mostly about the movies
1: Mm -hmm. and don't get me wrong if the movies turn out to be an amazing payoff and yeah that's wonderful but right now it stinks right now it's like this sucks i think as well because like you know we talk a little bit sometimes about the outside world feeding in and last week felt like kind of a triumphant episode in lots of ways and this week i don't know it's a bit of a bummer and we're all yeah. sitting in quarantine like huh, <laughs> that sucks
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah well i mean just since i'm sitting here um with not much to do i decided in honor of this episode i'd take five hits of acid so that was pretty fun i'm just kidding I didn't do
1: that. <laughs> jason's talking out of the time space continuum
3: like, uh, cool. also i was like okay she knows rick was on a boat uh, so how does that help her find him? But then, um, I saw on second watch that the ship's log showed Virginia as a destination, and then which is where they are now. And then it said um, New Jersey Bridger Shipyard. So presumably, mm-hmm. Michonne thought that that was the next place the boat was supposed to go, but or maybe that's where it washed back from. I don't know because it washed up on shore. Anyway, that's north of of them so i think that's where she got the idea to go north because she saw that entry in the ship's log
1: i think the other thing that pissed me off a little bit was i could have understood if the final scene was a teaser of like a helicopter or like i don't know jadis or something that's tangibly like you are going into the there's a crossover here but instead it's a group of people who i think it's safe to say are not to do with the three Ring people like the people that we know too Rick because they're wearing completely different outfits. They're in some kind of wagon trail. Like there's no, I don't see why if it's not signposted as this is the same symbol, this is the same group, it's clearly a different group. Mm. And I'm like, what? Why? So, I mean, <laughs> like I don't I, understand. I
3: presume it's either she's about to go on a bunch of journeys and and or adventures, and this is the first one or i mm. i could see them being a part of that because i think crm we've learned each letter stands for a different community
1: oh so you think it could be the one that we know nothing maybe about yeah, so far yeah interesting it was interesting that they had like wagons and stuff that did look cool but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah i was it felt that annoyed me a little bit where i was like Okay, uh, not, not any further... Inf- okay, cool, no further information. Sweet, we'll just go with the cow skin people and see what happens. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could just go on about how disappointed I was in that, but I think you guys get the picture. So... Yeah. What's your number four?
1: Um, My number four, I'm going to go for something I liked, which is the blast from the past. Um, There were a fair few. I've tried to do a little list. I mean, they're all pretty obvious ones. We start with... I mean, maybe this is why the episode was such a downer. We start with Andrea, <laughs> which is like a bad mood from 2012 that still hasn't gone away. Um, so we see the Andrea scene from the perspective of Michonne not having intervened, yeah. which later on during her trip leads to this whole road not taken where we see Andrea's devoured body, which quite satisfying. Um, (laughs) We see a redo of the sequence in Clear where they leave someone by the roadside only we see Daryl in that scene in place of Rick or Carl. Uh, We see Negan uh, come across Michonne um, talk about her lady nuts. We see the attack on the outpost from Michonne's perspective. We see her kill Glenn and Heath which is Alarming, um, and also it was it was really jarring to see Stephen Young again um, in that context. I should have mentioned just before the uh, the flashback kind of starts in earnest. She has quite a trippy conversation with Sadiq. I wasn't quite sure why Sadiq, but then I realised his death was what caused her to go to Oceanside. Um, she was going to Oceanside to warn them about Dante having been a spy, and um that's probably the one that's freshest in her mind at that point. Also Avi Nash, probably the least hard actor to get hold of out of the people that they needed. Um we then sort of see the development of evil Michonne. Um we see the lineup again um with Michonne kind of badass head honcho Michonne in that. And we see that she kills herself in that lineup um kind of symbolically. We then see her be shot by Daryl's arrow um, and finally put down by Rick. And then at the very end of the film, we see a kind of, the film, the episode, we see a sort of real flashback in terms of it being Michonne's own memory, not a hallucination, of her turning up at the prison and meeting Rick for the first time. So there was a lot there in terms of reflecting the turns her character has taken and the people that were important to her and i thought they did quite a good job actually of tying in the footage because sometimes when you try and insert someone into old footage it looks beyond fake (laughs) but i think generally it worked visually and i enjoyed it i thought it was an interesting little sequence um it was hard I think Negan looks really different now. So it's difficult for me to put back that that's Jeffrey Dean Morgan now rather than when we were first introduced to Negan.
3: Mm-hmm. Because the I think all the JDM scenes were newly shot.
1: Yeah, the di- cuz his hair is different, he's Skinner, thinner skinnier, like it's yes yeah um but it was you know for the they can get away with a lot under the guise of it's a hallucination so you know suspension of disbelief but yeah it was it was interesting i didn't love it but i liked it okay and it was nice to see some show history i always quite appreciate that um yeah i don't know how did you find it
3: i liked it that was my favorite part of the episode um Mm. first just that That someone, well, it was really chilling when he shut the door on her and then she was like, you know, you reap what you sow, asshole. And then she puts Mm. her hands on the ground and you see these psychedelic colors spreading out and it's like oh shit this guy is erratic he's totally crazy and he's annoying as fuck and now he's trapped (laughs) her and drugged her and that Mm. was chilling like i mean i was a little bit judgmental of her for letting herself get into that situation in the first place but um Mm. it was it was like oh shit shit what's gonna happen now and then i mean when i when uh, the episode opened and you see andrea there i mm-hmm. thought oh they brought lori holden back and then um she looks like michonne's gonna let her die and i'm like wow i i, w- I wouldn't think she would come back just for that <laughs> but then you figure <laughs> out like i went back and watched just to be double sure that the that scene from the original where it premiered in season two episode 13 and uh, mm. it was exactly the same. So yeah, they just pulled it. I thought maybe they might have taken alternate takes or something, but no, they just took mm-hmm. it right out of the episode. But I like I liked all of this part. Um, I, I'm not so sure. I have a firm grasp on what the point of it was, but um, mm. because we already know Michonne did choose to help Andrea, so it, it's not like. I mean, it's interesting to see what would have happened if she didn't make that choice, but she did. I think the point was kind of to show that her friends are important to her. And that's sort of why another reason why she would go look for Rick at the end, because this whole episode just emphasized to her because like when virgil told her that he did that because when he trips out he sees his dead family alive and it's heaven for him and he could tell that michonne was in pain and needed peace and so he hoped that she Mm -hmm. would get that same peace which is pretty nuts but then um
1: it's bananas she she said (laughs) that this
3: was her hell and uh and so
1: (gasps) virgil took her to hell didn't someone write in about that last week yeah right that's clever and
3: so um that sort of emphasizes that if she had not chosen to save Andrea and hadn't met all these people that she came to care about, that it ended up being hell for her. So now she's going to, you know, follow that and go save the man that she loves. But the flaw in that is that by doing that, she's also leaving two other family members and everybody else that she knows mm-hmm. and becoming this loner yeah. that she was in the first place.
1: It's it's such a yeah that's the thing I totally agree with you on that it's it felt like a greatest hits it felt like a montage but like a greatest hits that they've disguised as a slightly different thing by making it the opposite they're like ah but what if this didn't happen this way um.
3: pretty cool huh pretty crazy
1: yeah oh michonne's badass she got a headband and you're like oh, okay they kind of did a similar thing with rick i guess in his final episode where they had yeah shane and um yeah
3: herschel and Tasha. Yeah.
1: herschel yeah so it's it's i can see why they did it but it just it felt like I, I, my main problem with this episode is that i don't feel it really did very much in a convincing way and i think although i enjoyed that on its own like the flashbacks and the the interaction with the past it it was part of the problem as well like not much happened
3: i mean it was very similar to rick's last episode you know you meet characters from your past and then you go away and i'm glad they didn't like the obvious thing to do would have been to have her have a heart-to-heart talk with andrea or something so i'm Mm -hmm. glad instead they had her go through this sort of hallucinogenic hell slash what if thing because that's Mm -hmm. interesting but i just wish that it it could have maybe i'm just not totally getting it but it could have had more of a clear point to it other than this is interesting
1: (laughs) yeah i think that's fair it's like oh this is a fun experiment yeah what what did we get from (laughs) it yeah
3: all right i i have more to say that but i'm gonna shift over to my number four which is virgil is annoying (laughs)
1: <laughs> and that's the end of jason's number four because we all agree because <laughs> he did
3: he he uh says his family is inland and we can't show up empty-handed and then oh i forgot to tell you they're dead that's annoying <laughs> he says oh you came here for weapons technically i didn't say there were weapons here for sure i just said there might be but i just haven't looked yet Dick wad. Virgil is he's just a fucking worst. <laughs> man. He, you worst. know, just when I'm thinking. What a jerk he is for luring her there under false pretenses, and then he asks her to put her life in danger to go get his family, which you you know they're probably walkers. So,
0: mm-hmm.
3: is it really worthwhile? Then he takes her through this narrow passageway and then gets caught on something and makes something oh. fall and close the passageway, trapping them and then makes a bunch of noise. I'm like, dude,
1: <laughs> I've written died. Fucking Virgil. Yeah. At that point.
3: <laughs> and, and I'm like, why did Michonne agree to help him with this when she knows they're probably walkers. And I mean, she should demand to see the weapons first, at least at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, then mm-hmm. he imprisons her and, and slips her hallucinogens because he thinks it'll bring her peace. And then what she'll say, okay, I guess I don't want to, I'm not mad at you now. Cause you gave me that nice experience. Like yeah, what? Thanks for the LSD, Virgil. It was the best.
1: <laughs>
3: and then, and then, uh, we learned that he freaked out and accidentally locked his family up with violent people <laughs> and they all died. And then oh, I guess he kept the survivors in prison cause he thought, They'd kill him, and he says to Michonne, "I wanted to let them go. I wanted you to be there so they wouldn't kill me, but you found them first, and I knew you were gonna kill me too. I'm sorry." I'm like, "Why do people like Glenn and Abraham die on the show, and uh, this guy (laughs) gets to live?"
1: Somewhere in heaven, Glenn and Abraham are asking the same questions. (laughs) (laughs) And (laughs) did he
3: light the boat on fire so Michonne and those other researchers couldn't escape? Is that what happened? I believe
1: he did. I believe he did. Yeah, I, I, that, they all come out and they're just like, "What the? Yeah." Fuck? And it's, yeah I'm like, yeah.
3: "Why would you do that? Uh, no, I wouldn't you want them to go away, seeing that they hate you?" <laughs> I think it's he did that. I, I don't know how else it could have gotten a fire. He. I
1: mean, I think it's yeah. I think it's him.
3: He calls Zed's mm-hmm. rippers. I'm just gonna mm-hmm. hate him for that too yeah i think it's fair add it to the (laughs) uh i i liked when he he came to the door after he left michonne some food and took her sword and she eats the apple and everything and uh and by the way why why were those other people encouraging her to eat did they did they they must not have known i guess
1: honestly it's it's either that or they're the worst people in the world who thought it would be funny.
3: they go
1: ahead. Go on, go ahead. Oh, she's puking now. That's hilarious. I mean, <laughs> I guess the,
3: the, what happened is they he didn't do that to them. He just decided to I do think, it to Michonne. Yeah, I, don't I think know. that's right. So anyway, he comes to the door and he his voice sounds a little different. I'm glad you ate. And Michonne looks really <laughs> sick. And she's like, open the damn door. I can't do that. Why the hell not? Because you'll kill me. We reap what we sow, asshole. I just love that.
1: <laughs> that was awesome. Mm. She was so... Denai really pushed herself in this episode, I think. Like, her yeah. facial expressions when dealing with Virgil were making me laugh so much. Like, they, there's a moment where they arrive um, and he's... Kind of talking about his family and stuff and then he sort of casually mentions that you know they're they're dead and she just does this amazing what the fuck face where she's like are you kidding me and i just loved it i was like i will miss these facial expressions
3: <laughs> yeah
0: but
1: the thing was
3: i mean he kept delaying and changing the subject and she just looked really annoyed and i'm like i'm annoyed too and i don't know if mm-hmm. that's such a great experience to sit here being annoyed
1: <laughs> mm, i completely agree so, so, but
3: yeah she did great and especially just seeming like she was tripping and tripping hard and she looked like you know when you have food poisoning or something it's mm. awful
1: oh that that vomiting i did not envy her that mm-hmm. i was like mm-hmm. mm-hmm, been there not from tripping from having food poisoning yeah just, me too i think everyone i might
3: have mentioned this on this podcast before but one time i got food poisoning really bad and you know, I was just coming out both ends and I I was, was like, oh, so weak. And I looked in the uh, mirror and I saw myself and I looked really pale. And I'm like, I look like a zombie. That's cool.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there was one week, like two years ago, where you'd had a stomach bug because Bodhi or Nico had given you it. Mm. And I was laughing, like, oh, this is why I don't have kids. And then literally we finished podcasting and four hours later I woke up with a stomach flu that lasted for a week. And I was like, how did that. Happened. i was like I'm you know that special microphone i got you <laughs> oh no gross it was t- it was tapped <laughs> i've never been smug about uh-huh. not having children since then i'm like nope that's that's fine i deserve that so yeah
3: they've passed it passed shit along to me all the time
1: oh my god petri dishes of mm. little stomach bugs Um i agree that virgil is just a pain in the ass i'm glad they left him on the island too i much. hope they never go
3: back there and we never really see him hope again they
1: Never go back. he's just i couldn't even feel sorry for him he just no. was so reckless and so lame i wrote at one point is virgil meant to be like morgan but morgan pre-fear the walking dead was never this bad like you know that kind yeah. of oh he's not quite with reality he's, he's just lost a his family. weasel too Oh, he's you know, just Morgan awful. was never
3: a weasel and and no. when they were the other people wanted to kill him and Michonne pushed them off, you know, that this won't help. Um, the only thing mm-hmm. that will bring you peace is mercy or whatever she said. I was sort of I'm usually one for compassion, but I was like. Come on, just let him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like this one time I think it might help though. Yeah, like I really right. think it might make me feel better. And she's like, no, and I'm like, I'd like to take the risk. Like I'll I'll try. <laughs> yeah, I'll let's just, just do
3: a little experiment here.
1: Yeah, we'll find. If I've lost a bit of my soul after, that's cool, but at least Virgil's not here, so
3: <laughs> <laughs> Okay, what's your number three?
1: I guess number three for me would be the island, generally. Um I I don't think anyone who watched Lost could watch this episode and not think about Lost. I mean, he starts talking about the Mm -hmm. others coming. When he starts saying things like, The island will show you. I was like, this is getting weird. Is this a crossover? (laughs) Like, I don't understand. Um... I always like a scene where you come in after something has happened and you can kind of piece things together. So I enjoyed seeing there was a map that they walked past at the start with five different encampments on it. Um, it was some kind of, correct me if I'm wrong on any of this, some kind of science research facility. Potentially animal nature stuff, because they had animals in cages there. Um, it seemed like really probably quite an idyllic place until as they describe the other people come and it all sort of goes to hell. It's it was just an interesting set piece. I enjoyed the idea of the people on this island and the idea of the choice to to leave it and to um when Michonne says to Virgil, you know, if you don't leave now, you're not going to leave. And everyone else runs to the boat going, leave, leave now, leave, leave him behind. <laughs> um, yeah, I like the kind of setup on the island very much. But it was interesting to me that there was so much kind of mythological crossover with Lost in that sense. And I yeah. just wonder if we can ever watch a kind of post-apocalyptic sort of surreal island mythology without thinking about that show.
3: I, a lot of the listeners commented on that, too. And for me, what made me think about loss was the boat, too. It just reminded me of mm. Not Penny's Boat.
1: Not Penny's boat? Not Virgil's boat? Thank God, I'll get on it then if it's not his. <laughs> 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 yeah, so the island I thought was interesting. Um, I don't know if it paid off. I think it had a lot of potential that maybe didn't pay off. But it was an interesting kind of place setting. Um and this idea that the way that they'd set up the community was that Virgil would go out on runs and bring stuff back to the island. Um because theoretically an island is a pretty safe place to be if it's manageable, you know, the walkers can't necessarily swim all the way there, but it did go wrong as yeah. we saw there. Well, yeah, um, I would
3: think the only thing unsafe about it would be that a lot of other people might have the same idea and mm-hmm. that's what happened. They came and apparently the food supply was down and there was a fight br- that broke out over rations. Someone had a knife, killed somebody, which we assume that's mm-hmm. how zombies came onto the island because these people mm-hmm. died and everybody has the virus. And then mm-hmm. um this is the part where I I'm confused. Virgil was late getting there, panicked, said they needed to lock all the doors, but he didn't know his wife mm-hmm. and kids were in the building. So what he just like, locked everybody who was fighting into a building or something
1: i'm a bit unclear on that as well it's sort of like father gabriel but no the, other <laughs> <way> <laughs> the opposite but also like did was nobody like oh virgil before you go just so you know your wife and kids yeah. are in there and like, he's like he
3: didn't like he, oh i haven't seen my wife and kids for a while i wonder where they are or anything
1: because it it also looked like his wife and kids had died by suicide
3: yeah they were hanging so i don't understand we're missing something
1: hanged had they been hanged by the bad people like i didn't quite understand that i thought we were gonna see them turned and then when i saw them hanged he didn't seem surprised by that like i think he was shocked that they were dead and upset but yeah i was just a little like i don't really know what happened here
3: yeah shoot i'm yeah i Mm. don't know i'm confused about that and Maybe a listener can write it and explain it, but I'm sorry. I that don't have the wonderful. answers because I don't really un- quite understand it.
1: <laughs> Virgil, if you're listening on your Island, just send us a wee uh, SOS something or other. We'll, we'll interpret it for you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Anything. Was that your number three?
1: That was my number three was the Island.
3: Okay. So i want to just, because I was confused and maybe we've already gone over some of this, but go over, you know, what happened, what's going on. So, back in episode eight Virgil saved Luke's life and mm-hmm. that.
1: Oh, I forgot he did that. Yeah.
3: So that's the oh, yeah. one good thing.
1: One good thing that he did.
3: <laughs> we thought he was a whisper, but then we're like, nope, he's a good guy. Oh no. Now mm-hmm. we know he's an annoying bad guy, but anyway, um, <laughs> He he said, yeah, that he had left home for supplies, so that's what he was doing out, and then he was looking mm-hmm. for a boat. And did he, like, damage some property at Oceanside or something? I forgot.
1: I feel like he, he was said he owed stealing them. something. They caught him stealing something, maybe? Oh,
3: okay. Um, and then he, he said that he was on a naval base and there could be weapons, and so Michonne goes to get them in exchange for whatever Virgil did to Oceanside. I think it was... I thought it was accidental but anyway then um mm. she thinks that could end the whisper war so then get to the island find out Virgil's family had died and he brought her there so that he she could go get the zombie versions of them out and also that he well this whole thing I just said about he locked everybody in because they were fighting and they all died in his family too. And then I guess um, those researchers that were left, either they survived being locked in or he locked them somewhere else. Like, we don't really know that either.
1: That's very unclear.
3: Yeah, but I think they're um, mad at him for having locked everybody else in. And so that's why he won't let them out because he thinks they're going to kill them for that. So he thinks that having Michonne with him when they he lets them out, will somehow make them not kill him because she'll protect him or something i don't
1: know it's all just
3: so unclear and
1: stupid (laughs) also virgil is so unreliable in what he says like you can't believe half of what he says like maybe he would never have told her that those people were there maybe i I just don't think he has a long long term plan i think he's just flying by the seat of his pants maybe in the worst way you know
3: But yeah, I mean, he kept putting her off. Let's go look for the weapons in the morning. And then he says, why couldn't you just wait till morning? And he yeah, you can't trust him. But he said that's when he was going to tell her about the prisoners. And can you help me get them out, but not let them kill me or whatever? And then Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, he give he he, now he has to lock her in because she's heard them whispering, which I, I like that scene. She was walking in and she heard somebody say, like, be quiet somebody's there or mm-hmm. something like that that was like oh what, what was that Who, who's talking um and <laughs> then and then uh so he locks her in then he slips her hallucinations to try and bring her peace or whatever social abuse friend i don't know and then she uh, pretends to be more incapacitated than she really is stabs him with a fork gets away lets everyone go finds the he's burned the boat and then they capture him and they're She stops uh, them from killing him and everything calms down. And then since there are no weapons, he says they can have supplies. So that's where she's looking through all the supplies and finds Rick's boots. Where'd you get these? Mm -hmm. Then he takes her to this boat that's washed up on the shore and doesn't work anymore. She finds this phone with a drawing of her. And I thought Carl, but some people say Judith. They both have long hair and Rick's hat. (laughs) <laughs>
1: yeah it was it was very uh, um, ambiguous <laughs> yeah.
3: anyway it says rick and there's japanese writing which according to angela kang means believe a little longer and uh hmm. virgil thinks they can get the engine of the boat working again which they do in seemingly like five minutes they've never thought about that before but hey let's do it now <laughs> um virgil stays on the island saying i promised her flowers every day so uh, at least that sort of goes along with what we know about his character. Like I kept wondering Mm -hmm. why would he even go back there if all this bad stuff is there, but I think he doesn't want to be away from his family.
1: I think that's true. Yeah.
3: Then Michonne goes off and then she docks somewhere. And then on land, she finds a man and a woman. The man seems to have broken his leg or something. And can you help us? They'll leave without us. And they see this massive amount of people who apparently Mm. don't, care about stragglers they'll just take off without you
1: <laughs> yeah
3: so that that's was a pretty what good I summary i mean lot, that's yeah. what
1: i got from it mm-hmm. as well yeah <laughs> i don't know but maybe just, we missed something but that seemed to be it to me as well
3: mm-hmm. yeah some of that i feel like the maybe the thinking wasn't that clear as they were writing it or either that or they just didn't do a great job of making it clear to us or else i'm just daft but i don't know
1: these are all valid interpretations (laughs) of what has happened so let's see maybe it's all of them
3: (laughs) (laughs) all right number two
1: uh for me i guess the future uh what's coming next it looks like michonne's heading to the rick grimes films um how does this tie into rick having flown off on the helicopter who knows like this is this is very Tangential. I don't know. I hope that it starts to make sense when we go further into it. But it does feel like the the landscape of the show is going to have changed quite a lot with Michonne having left. That said, the last few episodes she's been away and it's been kind of going fine. Um, it does make me wonder about, you know, where Rick's path has taken him. I guess it kind of... Yeah, the drawing's a weird one. Um, because... As far as we know, Rick didn't write in Japanese and wasn't a very good artist, so it's clearly not by him so who's it by? How do they know Rick's story? How does it fit in? There's obviously a huge number of questions there, and I'm just really hoping that the questions get answered at some point because it's a big flipping it's not even a cliffhanger because there's not really tension in it, but it's just a big loose end, open loop as Abraham would say yeah. yeah, it's an open loop, and I would just really like to know what's what's gonna come of this i'd like if it's you know the films are cancelled but the final episode of the show will resolve everything or there are going to be three films and this is how they're going to go i would just like to know um but that's obviously at this point in time quite difficult to know anything for certain Mm -hmm. so yeah i guess i'm just intrigued about the future of the storyline and where it ends up heading
3: i mean i feel like at this point all we can do is just forget about it for now and go back to the series and then if something comes out great you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, in my they...
1: head, yeah, in my head, Michonne and Rick will reunite, but yeah. whether or not that actually happens oh, I th- is yeah. another we
3: question. Can... Well, yeah, and then what? Do they come back to their kids?
1: <laughs> nah, I think I think we've established that Michonne doesn't like her kids that much. <laughs> <laughs> right, she doesn't
3: really care. <laughs> as far as we know, Rick doesn't either. <laughs>
1: She actually found Rick on the boat and is just like being quiet about it. She's like, "Yeah, I guess I have to go and find him." Shrek, shut up! (laughs) Oh god. Uh, Carl was my favorite anyway. Like, okay, cool.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, my um number two. I'm gonna go a little bit more into the alternate reality hallucination that we didn't Mm -hmm. talk about. Um, I thought it was pretty great to start off with Michonne's first scene in the series
1: yes yeah
3: and it reminded me that sometimes she used to walk with the zeds which is kind of mm-hmm. similar to the whispers which i think is kind of cool mm-hmm. she uses them to, for, for cover it was also that was the season two finale so that was the episode i was in so <gasps> it's kind of special yeah, it was. For me.
1: <laughs> that's fun did they ask you to come back for this episode <laughs> Are you just busy or
3: they use me without my permission i remember when uh laurie holden in that outfit at herschel's farm shooting like two or three zeds right next to me and i was like hoping she would shoot me too so i could fall down but she she got the one next to me and then she stopped
1: <laughs> stupid andrea <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't do anything
3: right um and they had not cast deny guerrera yet they had a just a sp-
1: it was a double wasn't well i Yeah, I
3: guess. Yeah, they didn't know who was going to play Michonne. This was just at the very end of that season. They had Andrea about to get eaten. And then right before in this episode, you hear her scream as the walkers are munching on her right before that moment. One of their heads just gets lopped off by Michonne's sword and she's just standing there. And that's why she had the hood on. So it would obscure her face because they knew they hadn't casted the actress yet. And then she just like, Mm. you know, flicks the blood off of her sword. (laughs) Um, so yeah it turns out instead of a flashback it's a what might have been which felt kind of like a it's a wonderful life Walking Dead version Lori Holden obviously didn't come back neither did Andrew Lincoln or Steven Young, Sonika Martin-Green Cudlets that's all original footage some of it altered uh, like for example the scene where Rick shoots Michonne at the end there that's Mm. where he shot Sophia when she walked out of the bar ah. it's the same shot except they had to cg in his curly locks because his hair was shorter
1: oh no way really i guess so
3: yeah i put him right oh that's so other, funny same shot but he has you know longer ah. hair <laughs> and there's some trees imagine that there.
1: being your wee job like i'm just doing it curl by curl <laughs> that's so fun yeah i mean
3: they're they're brilliant at doing cg so now good. that doesn't look like it's just like natural things, you know.
1: Well I noticed that even with the two pets that she gets at the end where she cuts their faces off. That was amazing. That was cool. Like even yeah. in the like eight years since we first saw that, it was incredible what they were able to do.
3: And the new stuff was with Daryl, who does who looks like he's aged a bit, I have to say. <laughs>
1: little bit, little Cause bit, he, yep, yep, yep. Because <laughs> even
3: old Daryl kneeling in the end of season seven, his face looked a little bit narrower, I thought. Um and then negan's new laura sadiq that's all new um mm-hmm.
1: yeah laura was put in there i think to give us more empathy towards the, uh, the saviors as well because oh. we know that laura turned out okay because i don't remember laura being at that outpost
3: right no no and she's alive yeah. too so there's yeah that. Oh,
1: well yeah <laughs>
3: i I did like the whole savior sequence because it really illustrates something that i've talked about a lot on this podcast where if you don't know someone it's easy to just paint them as black and white bad
1: that was one of my notes yes it's exactly our thing about well we followed these people so we care about them so it's yeah it's so interesting that they went down that road
3: yeah and when um they're all kneeling and negan lets michonne choose the one who's going to get it and she says, talking about them going in and killing the people when they were asleep. I mean, even in that mm. moment, I was like, that is bad. <laughs> I don't know if you yeah, remember, that's not was good, like, man. no, not good. Yeah. Don't, why are you doing, God, I was so critical of Rick for that, um, for having mm. them do that. But anyways, Michonne's like, you didn't know who they were or where they were from. You didn't know shit about them, but you came in the dead of night and slaughtered them anyway in their sleep like cowards. And then she looks at herself <laughs> kneeling and remember you did this. What happens next? It's your fault welcome to the new world. Mm. And I'm like, Oh great. This is illustrating to people exactly what, what I've been talking about. But one thing is they didn't show Negan saying, I'm going to take half your shit. And you know, it, mm-hmm. it is true that Negan messed with them a lot. And I probably even cost some lives before that. Um, not him himself, but through his people. So he really did mm-hmm. kind of exacerbate the situation. It, it, I, I would hope somebody wouldn't watch this and go, Oh yeah. Negan's the good guy. Cause yeah. he's not a good guy either. <laughs>
1: But it does give you that little bit of insight into like it's not as simple as yes. we perhaps yeah. think it is sometimes. Right,
3: or or another way to put it is everybody kind of sucks.
1: And it's interesting, yeah. Everyone yeah. is shit, especially Virgil. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think um, as well, it ties into a lot of Michonne's own guilt, like leaving the person by the side of the road and yes. being involved with the Savior's plan.
3: And Sadiq says you were supposed to protect us. You let me die, yeah. and Rick and Carl. So it's like a symbol of her feeling guilty for letting people die, yeah. so that's another reason why she doesn't want to let Rick just go,
1: yeah, and it's like every dream you have has a basis in something that's happened, you know what I mean it's like it's like, oh yeah, this does actually have a basis in her hell because it is it's not all untrue. Like the way that it plays out is untrue. The way that it plays out is a hallucination, but the guilt she feels um, attached to these things is, is real. Mm-hmm. That kind of self hating comes from a real place. Yeah.
3: And I do think that was supposed to tie to help us understand why she would make the a uh, decision to go after Rick, because mm-hmm. she doesn't want to feel that guilt of maybe being, having been able to save him and not going for it. Mm-hmm. I think it's flaw Absolutely. highly flawed because she could go back home first and, you know, to sort of gather resources or whatever but still i think that was mm-hmm. part of the point of this
1: yeah it's i completely agree yeah i think you're right
3: so um what else that whole theme of helping and showing mercy and all that i think that was part of the point of the final scene where mm-hmm. she helps those two people reaches out yeah i and think says, so. come on
1: I thought her words were... I really thought if I had to put bets in it, I thought her words were going to be, I'm Michonne, but it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. They, can, they could take my writing tips for the movies. <laughs> like,
3: <laughs> All right, what's your number one?
1: Um, I actually had Michonne talking to Judith and RJ because although the kind of the i completely agree with your analysis of that's a really shit thing to do to your children to leave them i thought they all acted really well in this yeah it was was incredibly upsetting like it was just (laughs) kaylee fleming played it really quietly like she didn't ham it up um yes i can't say much for rj's emotional range like he's fine whatever he was kind of cute i guess whatever
3: he he was um probably better than ever here and that's
1: he was I mean, he had more than like one line. Yeah, he was <laughs> like, "This is the best he's been," and it was just like, "Hi, hey, ma'am." I'm like, oh. I, I did
3: <laughs> notice that, you know, right after Judith warns RJ to use call signs for safety, and then they go through their call signs, and then Michonne asks how long he's been with his sister, and he goes, "Rosita brought me." And I'm like, dude,
1: <laughs> everyone's like, RJ, come on. No wonder your dad's not coming back.
3: <laughs> but then it was sad that, you know, she has this conversation with Judith and, and she's leaving mm-hmm. and RJ gets no say. We don't, we don't get to see his reaction. Yeah. I mean, it's probably because he's just a little kid and he, you know, mm-hmm. what are they going to do? But I imagine he might be saying, come home, mommy. <laughs>
1: I know. know they
3: need their
1: mommy oh it's so it, it really was heartbreaking and I think Danai Gurira just played it really amazingly and I loved Kaylee Fleming yes. in it and I just yeah it was just a touch it was a touching scene but it was frustrating and upsetting and yeah. oh just really tugged at the heartstrings for a number of reasons yep um but it was good I guess that they had Judith kind of be the one to say you should go and do this because it was sort of like Judith's blessing but I agree that it's not believable and it's not practical like you don't take advice from a seven-year-old yeah (laughs) i think that's what they were going
3: for is trying to let michonne off the hook because judith was pushing her but a she didn't have to push very hard and b she's a little kid exactly i'll go with this is sort of off the beaten path but my number one's gonna be my thoughts on hallucinogenics (laughs)
1: Oh, nice public service announcement for all those of you uh, on self-isolation. We're going to be covering hallucinogenic drugs today. (laughs)
3: Because, you know, psychedelics and hallucinogenics were in pretty wide use in the 60s, but then they became stigmatized. And And you were like in your what, your 20s then? (laughs) then. (laughs) (laughs) My mom was tripping out, let me tell you that. But uh, she, uh, you know the typical depiction of hallucinogenics is to be something negative and scary. And they were here. And if you gave somebody forced hallucinogenics on somebody without their permission while they were in prison, it would be pretty fucking scary. So I'm not saying this was not accurate. I mean really hallucinogenics. You don't see such vivid hallucinations like that, but still, I, I, I mean, it's dramatic license. So that's fine. But I read this book recently called how to change your mind by Michael Pollan and it was all about
1: you've mentioned that it sounds really interesting it's
3: great and it was how in the 50s you know uh lsd was discovered in the 30s by accident they were it's based on this ergot root and it um like indigenous people would use it for expectant mothers to help relax them for childbirth Mm. so they were trying to synthesize a drug for that out of it and they couldn't get anything going and he decided to look at it again for some reason a few years later and he accidentally got a drop of it on himself and just tripped out you know (laughs)
0: Holy!
3: (laughs) and uh, that's how it was discovered but there were a lot of studies and research done on on LSD and other psychedelics Mm -hmm. on how they could help with things like depression and anxiety and trauma. And there, there were promising studies, but once they started, it started getting out of control in the culture with Timothy Leary saying, tune in, turn on, drop out. Um, Mm. people got nervous and it just became stigmatized and made illegal. And all the studies mostly got defunded so they couldn't go on. And the results were buried. And now, though, in recent like the last decade, the studies are starting to come back and the, the opinions are starting to change on it. And they're, you know, slowly letting people do these different studies uh, on different psychedelics and they're mm-hmm. showing promising results for, for the stuff. And if you do it if you have to know what you're doing, you have to know about dosage and you have to be in the right mindset and you have to have a good practitioner there with you to help you through it and have a good environment and all that. But under the right conditions, it can be help like PTSD. MDMA is really helpful for PTSD, things like that.
1: Can I ask a question? Is this kind of tying into the trend of microdosing?
3: Yeah, yeah, I think the trend of microdosing is just sort of an indication that the attitudes about psychedelics are changing. But what Mm -hmm. microdosing is, is you take a very small dose of something like LSD or shrooms. uh, It's like one tenth of the dose. And it's a trend in Silicon Valley among CEOs and stuff like that. And when you do that, you don't trip out. You just uh, feel a little like happier or more creative Mm -hmm. so people think it helps Mm -hmm. them with their work and stuff like that
1: interesting
3: so virgil says things like let the medicine do its work and stop fighting it and from what i understand that is good advice if you're on this sort of intentional thing that you've signed up for and you're you know you you kind of have to um let it take you where it wants to take you i mean there's these ayahuasca ceremonies and this is not legal in the United States but you can go to Mexico or other places around the world and and do them and you get a shaman or something you have to find a trustable person but anyways I'm just doing all this reading I've found that people get a lot out of it they just learn a lot about themselves and what they've been needing and what they've been holding in and and get perspective on their life and all kinds of stuff like that So Mm -hmm. Virgil says he gave Michonne Jimson weed and I had never heard of that. I looked it up. It's a plant in the nightshade family from Central America. It's a hallucinogen and deliriant, which I'd never heard of, but it makes you delirious. Mm -hmm. So this sounds like, I mean, it also has been used in um, ceremonies like this, but it sounds, you know, different psychedelics and hallucinogens have a uh, different potential for toxicity like mm-hmm. lsd people have taken like 25 times the normal dose and they have a f- crazy trip that nobody would ever want to go on but they're physically fine but this mm-hmm. stuff i read can be toxic the risk of fatal overdose is high among uninformed users and many mm-hmm. hospitalizations occur among recreational users who ingest the plant for its psychoactive effects so he's playing with fire here
1: i'm just having a wee read um it's also known as devil's cucumber yeah
3: (laughs) sorry,
1: (laughs) it's not funny did
3: you ever hear of this movie the serpent and the rainbow yes yeah well it's based on a book and it's this guy wade davis investigated haitian voodoo and the process of making zombies which i think this is where the zombie myths originally come from and there was a powder with a neurotoxin called tetrodotoxin that was used used mm-hmm. to in, induce a death-like state that convinced the victims they had become zombies and then they mm-hmm. were kept under control i guess by like witch doctors or something i don't know by regular mm-hmm. doses of this jimson weed which produces amnesia delirium and suggestibility so i guess they would just keep redosing them to keep them in the state that michonne was in throughout this episode
1: interesting well i've just i'm reading the very reputable wikipedia article at the moment and uh someone's mentioned that in harry potter and the philosopher's stone the trio encountered devil's snare while trying to stop someone stealing the philosopher's stone (laughs) which gives me a very different reading of what happens in the harry potter books (laughs) after that point (laughs) it's like whoa
3: (laughs) it's all in their head
1: (laughs) that's so interesting that these things just grow in nature yeah that just the planet is wild man it's really wild
3: yeah i mean a lot of <laughs> this stuff is natural shrooms are natural mm. and uh there's this thing called 5 meo DMT that comes from toad venom it's if you ever saw the simpsons where homer simpson licks a toad and then has all these hallucinations
1: <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. it's it's funny though because even like over the counter drugs like aspirin, paracetamol, they or as- acetaminophen, they call it over here. I don't know how <laughs> you say that. Um, they all have their basis in plants as well. Like you know, it comes from these these natural remedies that have become pharmaceutical over the years. Yeah. Mm.
3: All right. I think that's enough of that. Do you have any notes or anything?
1: Um, overall, did you feel it was a fair interpretation of hallucinogenics?
3: Well, I do in that. If you take a heavy dose of a hallucinogenic, it can take you, you can start thinking about different uh, points in your life and you'll, I mean, the way that it's described in that book um, that Michael Pollan wrote, uh, How to Change Your Mind, it's like our mind has these grooves that we usually go down because we're habitual ways Mm -hmm. of thinking, but taking a psychedelic can give you this uh, fresh pack of snow. So it's like... Uh, uh, You know, you can go down any any other groove. You'll just your mind will go in direction, new directions. So to have um, Michonne explore these different situations from a different perspective kind of feels true to it. Now, I don't think you would actually mm-hmm. imagine yourself there and not be able to discern reality like that. Um, but I don't mm-hmm. know, man. I've never taken like this heroic dose of Jimson weed, so I don't know.
1: <laughs> and for next week's podcast and um, day twenty-five of quarantine, that's what we'll be doing. <laughs> so we, you'll just get to hear us barfing for, like, whole
3: podcast. <laughs> and screaming at our mothers or something. Yeah, I'm sorry.
1: Uh, but, uh, no, <laughs> everyone's like the podcast really took a turn. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, <laughs> what else? In terms of notes, uh, I didn't really have much i thought the new group were quite interesting that they moved in these kind of wagon formations um i think we've covered pretty much everything for me i wondered if virgil knew what he was doing in terms of the rick michonne connection but i think i'm pretty satisfied that he didn't it was just a coincidence um yeah that's it for me how about you
3: yeah she she freaked out about that and i think they had her do that just because they wanted to address that this is a crazy coincidence, but I think that's exactly what it was. A crazy coincidence.
1: Yeah. Cause you he know. says something cheesy, like maybe it's not a coincidence we yeah. met or something like that. And yeah, fine. For reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. I
3: like that the Islanders have solar and I think the Alexandrians do too. I'm not sure about Hilltop, but mm-hmm. that's a good idea in the, in the ZA.
1: Well, Hilltop uh, doesn't anymore. Cause it burned down. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: Virgil says, my boy seems to think maybe the sailors must have left a buried treasure in the grain silos. I can barely get him not to claw his way up the thing and jump inside. Is that a zombie joke?
1: Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's what I was wondering once I found I, out the kid was dead.
1: <laughs> I also noticed um In the scene where they're kind of taking people down with the stretcher, there's a poster on the wall for, like, syphilis. Like, this is how to treat gonorrhea and syphilis. And obviously I'm a child, so that made me laugh quite a lot.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Now, Michonne just being able to ring up Judith on the walkie-talkie gave me Fear the Walking Dead flashbacks.
1: (sighs) I I had a moment where when we saw the two people and one of them had that stupid little hat on, I was like, Oh God, are they Jenny's group? And then I was like, no, Lucy, you're in a safe place. It's <laughs> no, not going to happen. Um, <laughs> like, they, oh.
3: they use the call signs. Daito, Shoto, little brave man for RJ and Rick is the, they call Rick the brave man. Um, Daito and Shoto are the names of Japanese swords. I found out a Daito is a long sword and a Shoto is a short, short sword. And a daisho is a matched pair, traditionally worn by samurai Aww. feudal Japan. So that's where they got those that's names. Nice. And uh, I think in the season 10 premiere, we saw Judith telling RJ the story about the brave man who saved the communities mm-hmm. from a big herd of walkers or something. That was Rick. So that's where he gets little brave man from.
1: Which is quite cute, admittedly, even though it's RJ, it's quite cute. <laughs> I don't know why I have it in for this kid. I'm just like, oh, he's annoying. <laughs>
3: he'll redeem himself all right that's all i got let's take a break there's more to come stay with us
0: threat to untold numbers of citizens.
3: The people he kills, get up and kill.
2: Are they slow moving, Chief? Yeah,
3: they're dead. They're all messed up.
2: This is a Walking Dead cast news update.
3: AMC announced that the premiere of Walking Dead spinoff, Walking Dead World Beyond, has been delayed indefinitely. Did you know
0: that? That's
1: so interesting. Yeah, you sent me a text about it, and I just can't, I would have thought... Given that we're all quarantined or self-isolating, it would be a great time to launch a show. Because, but then I guess it's maybe it's the subject matter. But The Walking to, You know, I don't know. I don't know. Well, what do you think?
3: Apparently, the whole thing has been shot. Post-production is still happening for the last few episodes, so that might have something mm-hmm. to do with it. One article speculated that maybe AMC wants some content ready for a little later because production has stopped on everything in development right now so we might have a drought of content coming up but uh Mm -hmm. i think this one sounds a little more likely is that apparently some companies are pushing ad spending to later in the year and amc is an ad supported network so maybe they want to capitalize on when there's more ad money available
1: (sighs) yeah yeah it's a shame i was i was quite looking forward to having something new um so yeah bummer but hopefully it'll come
3: yeah i mean i was too but i mean my plan is whenever as always whenever there's no walking dead related content on the air that walking dead cast will be at least bi-weekly so if you have any ideas Hmm. of anything you want to cover during the break let me know
1: can we get karen on for what we do in the shadows season two
3: that might be cool yeah
1: 'Cause that's coming back. Um and that would be quite fun. That would be
3: fun. Yeah, I bet I bet she might actually do that too. <laughs> Yay. I'll ask her. <laughs> okay. And deadline dot com interviewed Denai Guerrera and Angela King.
0: Ooh.
3: They said, So Deny, the way Michonne exits in search of her love Rick Grimes, are you really gone from the world of the walking dead or just walking out of sight for a while? she says well you know i would never tell you yay or nay to that but i think there's an open end in this to how she exits i will agree with you on that i thought it was beautiful that she got to you know kind of get cosmically rewarded for helping this weird guy virgil who's played by a wonderful actor who i've always admired kevin carroll rewarded by finding evidence that something she always suspected was true which was that rick didn't die on that bridge so you know we'll see how that goes see what happens next or see if something happens I think she's trying really hard not to say, yeah, I'm supposed to be in the movie if it ever happens.
0: (laughs) She doesn't Uh,
3: doesn't want to say that, but it's pretty Mm -hmm. clear from the interviews that she knows that's the the plan, but she doesn't want to, she's not supposed to talk about it.
1: Yes, I think that is definitely a good, good interpretation of that.
3: (laughs) I mean, they go on, Angela, is there more Michonne to come with Rick on the big screen? Angela Kang says certainly that option is open there and I really hope that they will reunite sometime however I think it's more of a question for Scott Gimple but later in the interview she said Scott Gimple obviously and I had a conversation too about what handoff was needed to kind of ride Michonne out into a bigger possibility of stories elsewhere so that's pretty much Mm -hmm. saying yeah that was the point of that
1: yeah I think that yeah that sounds right yeah
3: Uh, They say, how did the particulars for this episode emerge from ideas to plots? Angela King said, as we were talking about what really had Michonne gone through on an emotional level through the years, we felt that ultimately here's a person who has some tendencies to want to be alone and to be a lone wolf. But she's pulled to other people, they say, like the treacherous Virgil. She says, yes, and ultimately her decisions to show mercy at various points and to connect with people rather than isolating herself has been what has healed her. It has given her the greatest joys of her life and has allowed her to build a life even in the midst of this apocalypse, too. So it came out of this organic conversation about what are these key moments that really shaped who she was? And does she have any regrets? Does she think that the decisions were the right decisions? Is there any awareness of the easy paths that people can take where things shift, you know, and what is the line between a hero and a villain? So it sounds mm. like they're throwing out all these ideas about things they should explore and then did their best to try to explore them. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that is my loose interpretation of what was said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, I think Deadline's really trying to get it with Danai Gurira how did you think about Michonne leaving your kids without being so direct and possibly rude about mm-hmm. it? They're like, certainly those near final scenes of you on the walkie with Kaylee Fleming's very mature Judith and Anthony Azor CJ were just so powerful. So with all that's been built up over the past couple of seasons of Michonne as a single mom to her and Rick's kids and now saying goodbye with their blessing, what were doing those scenes like knowing for yourself that those are potentially your final walking dead scenes. And she just and said, that you're
1: a terrible mother <laughs>
3: <laughs> she says it was everything it was peaceful it was beautiful it was joyful it was sad it was you know gratifying mm. all right and then she <laughs> they say how so and she goes i had gratitude for how they allowed me to exit the show and how well they'd taken care of the character i had gratitude for how much i got to do and how i got to exit in a way that honored the character and gave her an ability to be true to herself like that end scene you referred to And then um, New York Times also had an interview with her. I just pulled one question because I thought it was cool. Mm -hmm. Said if she's not continuing in the franchise films, this episode closes her chapter and she's inspired so many people. And Danai responds, I think for all the women on our show, there's been a lot of power. You've seen a lot of female characters grow into their power and leadership and their ability to hold their own in whatever circumstances. I don't know how often you see that. I'm a feminist and I advocate women's leadership and I love that shaking up society results in unabashed female leadership. At least in our show, we would benefit from further exploring that in the real world. That's something we have been deprived of. Quite honestly, Michonne was very much someone I had to step up to, especially when she started to grow into herself and step away from her demons. When she became an item with Rick, Michonne was kind of more cool and Rick was hot the way she handles and assesses and comes to clarify about things. I've always said she's smarter than me. She's faster than me and she's stronger than me. So I had to step into her, into her agility and power. I always felt like I could learn from her as a woman, you know, I, th- I just thought that was nice.
1: That's so nice. Gosh, she's so smart. And I go oh, yeah. God,
3: she is. I mean, she's show running her own show on HBO. Now I forget what it's called. America. Uh, is
1: it the, yeah. America. Yeah. American Anna I can't yeah I know <laughs> the one
3: you like mean that. we gotta check that out and then last uh another deadline question deny for you what would you say to those Walking Dead fans and those particular fans of Michonne as she heads off in search of Rick perhaps never to be seen in this world again first of all I couldn't be more thankful and have more love for the fans of the show and for the way that they have bolstered me and love what we've been doing and appreciated our work Also, I feel there will be an indelible connection to this and the audience of The Walking Dead. The love that they show us and the way that I've been able to connect with them over the years, which has made me a better human being, it's filled me with gratitude and love. And I'll always be deeply appreciative of them for that. So that's
1: nice. That's so sweet. She's so (laughs) respectful, man. I love it. Yeah.
3: Yeah, it's cool. All right. That is it for the news. Let's get into Lister Moans, Groans Grunts. Uh (laughs)
1: Maria Lawson says I am conflicted. The alternate reality acid trip was very cool and I would love to know how they shot it combining the old footage with the new. We've often talked about how Rick's group, if seen from an outside perspective, would not be the heroes. They sure look like the villains when seen through Michonne's bad trip virgil gave me some serious michael from lost vibes after he lost walt and went crazy i don't really buy that michonne would not come back before setting out to find rick but i know the writers had to have her eggs at the show so file that under the department of suspension of disbelief yes we will file it there <laughs> <laughs> we need to get a sound effect of like a ka every time we put something know, in that department <laughs>
3: or a filing cabinet or something right <laughs> Amelie Rochette says I liked it although I'm not buying that Michonne would just leave like that without saying goodbye in person and Virgil he's more annoying than crazy. Morgan I hope we're done with him.
1: Me Agreed. Too. <laughs> Alicia Stout says I actually liked it especially the flashbacks. I'm relieved that they didn't just kill off Michonne which is what I was anticipating. They left it wide open for her possible return. Yes that's true. Mm-hmm.
3: Gemma Hall says, I'm not sure I liked it. It reminded me of a lost episode. Michonne travels to a mysterious Island within some guy. He says the Island was taken by quote others. There are buildings where experiments take place and he even does a John Locke and sets fire to the boat. I think the alternate reality was pointless as we know Michonne and she did save Andrea. (laughs) She did bring baby formula to the prison. Do I buy? She would leave her kids. Nope. I wouldn't. In our current crisis, I'm terrified to let them play out in our garden. Rick might be alive, but he could be anywhere. What is stopping Rick from coming home? I love Michonne and I will miss her, but I just didn't buy it all. I hope she comes back.
1: Very well put, Gemma. Mm -hmm. Um, Anne-Marie Hellman says, wow, totally agree. On Talking Dead, they were talking about the alternate reality and how cool it was and how your choices really shape your life. And that's all cool, but I was struggling to find the relevance to her story. We already know she's a helper. We know that she's a good person.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. Robin Springer says super disappointed the trip in alternative universe stuff was kind of interesting but the whole thing seemed pointless to me no matter how much Michonne loved Rick and wants answers I just don't buy that she'd leave everything especially Judith and RJ behind on a wild goose chase I've never been this down on an episode
1: Mm -hmm. Carrie Ann Gretchich I agree no way I'd go out on a wild goose chase that could result in my death and leave my children behind
3: Rebecca Louise says, loved it. Knowing that this mm. was deny Greer's last episode had me on tenterhooks from start to finish, waiting to see if she was going to be killed off or not. They nailed the horror movie vibe, and Virgil was creepy AF. He seemed so unhinged and unpredictable, and for me, that was super scary. Me too. I actually dug that part of it. Mm. Great cold open with what we thought was a flashback to the old Michonne and her pets also i'm sad to see michonne go but they've set it up nicely for her to be in the rick grimes movies if they ever come to fruition i've seen other people online saying this episode was the weakest of season 10 and overall not a great episode but for me it was up there with the best angela kang is nailing it in the season and i can't wait to see what the rest of the season brings us me too i'm still hopeful oh. for the rest of the season for sure
1: oh yeah this definitely felt like diverging off the path yeah. rather than like a sign of it all going downhill yeah Um, Michael Smeek says Love, love, loved it. Each episode this season has ramped and this one was a beautiful marathon that sucked you in with the alternate paths How it could have so easily taken another path. I kept praying for a chopper and when the little tokens started to pop up it seemed like it was good gonna take a good tone for her leaving and not dying plus a huge hat tip to the books leaving on the boat top to bottom rock solid and when i knew tonight was leaving our crew kept saying how could she possibly die or worse yet just up and leave judith and rg without something pulling her harder boom brilliant
3: <laughs> so there yeah it was divisive you know and when we started off you were saying i don't know if i like this or not and uh, there's definitely a range of opinions here which i kind of think is yeah
1: cool. i like that a lot
3: Kendra Hendricks says I'm on the fence with my feelings on this episode. On one hand, I agree with a lot of other reviewers that it was just a little too out there and not the strongest we've seen lately. But on the other hand, I understand that something crazy needed to happen to get Michonne where they needed her for the future. I guess I was hoping for her to have an epic death this episode, but I'm not mad that we will get to see her in the movies either. Whenever they happen. LOL. As weird as her drug induced visions were, I think they were probably important in setting up Negan's future storyline. I hope he sticks around, but I think the only way that works is if we can all see that any of our people could have just as easily ended up on the other side with any small twists of fate. Our people have done some horrible things. I'm sure we could easily be the villains in a different group story. Hashtag Team Forgive Negan.
1: That's so interesting, Kendra that really that mm, yeah
3: it is but i just keep thinking back to how he had those wives and he was really sadistic yeah and so <laughs> i don't know i guess i know rick was a different kind of bad so maybe y-
1: y- rick was just a calamity everywhere yeah. rick landed chaos and
3: sometimes him. he was so ready to kill even when he didn't know have a full grasp of the situation that's awful negan on the other hand had a sadistic glee like yeah and dead because so um i don't know yeah maybe it's it's different but the same i don't know
1: (laughs) it's an interesting one to think about i like the idea of paralleling the two because we are at this point with negan where it's like oh okay You know, do we forgive? Do we forget? Yeah, Yeah. that kind of thing. Um, Russ Mullen says, probably my least favorite of the series. I can see what they were trying for, but it fell flat. The walkie convo was heartbreaking, but overall just a blah episode.
3: Tracy Kennedy says, we've known for a while Denai was leaving the show, but I am wrecked. Unexpectedly emotional from this last episode. Was in tears watching photos of her arc on Talking Dead. Thank you Denai Greer for so many years of fantastic passionate acting with such a grace and talent she is simply awesome best of luck to her
1: oh i like the emojis we've got boy zombie boy zombie girl zombie sword Jeff Allen says, I always figured Michonne would leave to look for Rick, leaving the possibility open of Denai Gurira returning to the show. What worried me most about this was that she'd take her kids with her, stealing both Judith and Kaylee Fleming from us. Since that didn't happen, I'm quite satisfied with how everything happened. And the acid trip was amazing. Don't know what everyone's (laughs) complaining about.
3: (laughs) Here, here. Doug Fick says, just when you thought you were getting a run-of-the-mill bottle episode to catch up with Michonne, you get the most fucked-up version of It's a Wonderful Life with Michonne as George Bailey getting some bad liquor from nick slash virgil the bartender help me clarence get her back to Rick. <laughs> <laughs> we could talk about her shoe fetish another time killing it bon voyage, <laughs> samurai
1: <laughs> it's a wonderful life is one of my those films that i watch and i'm like this is dark i
3: know like,
1: dark stuff happens in this film
3: <laughs> i mean i i had heard about it and seen clips and it's jimmy stewart who's just you know mm. this affable guy and i thought oh it's this cute christmas movie and i think i watched it for the first time when i was like 35 or something and i was like wow Mm -hmm. this is he's an alcoholic and
0: Ah, (laughs)
1: there's like some woman who is into him but then in the parallel timeline she ends up being a sex worker like it's dark (laughs) like some really fucked up stuff happens in that film It's a, yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, Nikki Campbell Keith says, so glad I'm not alone. So many people on Twitter were praising this episode, but I think it had to do with saying goodbye to Deny and to her performance. I felt crazy because this sucked, like, really sucked. One of the worst of the series. How did they go from giving us last week's Amaze Balls episode to this nonsense, giving Angela Kang side eye? Why does Virgil have to be crazy? How is he able to keep three people locked up? Like, why? Such retreaded, tired storytelling. You you are telling me that the three of them could not have overpowered him at some point okay i will give you rick's boots but the cell phone when was that ever a major point to rick's character how would he know what judith looks like right now to be able to sketch her Deny is too good to be given such drivel and okay the trippy sequence was good if only to see andrea all eaten up <laughs> sorry i didn't mean to rant i had to get it out i feel better now <laughs>
0: <laughs> i <hilarious>. love that
1: <laughs>
3: And then we got a nice email here from Kim Freestone, Yay, Kim. who says, hi, Jason, Karen, and Lucy. First off, I hope you're all safe and healthy. I'm safe and healthy.
1: I am safe and healthy I as had, much as I sh- can be. I had a really <laughs>
3: bad cold and a headache yesterday. <gasps> um, I was freaking out a little bit, but runny nose isn't supposed to be one of the symptoms. So
1: No, I think it goes, it's coughing, yeah. I think is the, the big thing
3: anyway for now i'm fine i'm a long time listener and this is my first time emailing i'm a stay-at-home mom of two girls 11 and 8 i've always meant to write in but i'm more of a pen to paper person well that was before now i want to tell everyone i care about how much i love and appreciate them oh yeah isn't it a strange feeling to have the before and now i'm still trying to wrap my head around the enormity of what we are all experiencing now Jason, thank you for all you do every week for us. Thank you for taking the big leap to devote your time to podcasting. I know it must have been a difficult decision for you and your young family. I just want you to know that I've always been cheering for you, and I so appreciate you doing what you do for us every week. Our feelings about the show often align. We seem to like all the same movies and books, and I always look forward to checking out your recommendations. Thank you, Kim. She says, Karen, I miss you and your contagious laughter every week. I do miss your input on the show, but I'm thankful we still have the Patreon shows. I wasn't sure if it was ever pointed out that the flowers Jesus gives to Maggie after Glenn died were forget-me-nots. I miss you, and I totally get why you had to step away.
0: Mm.
3: Tell me why, then. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Tell (laughs) me why. (laughs) Lucy, you said my name on one of the shows. Wow, that was such a happy day for me. I was just folding laundry and listening to the show like I usually do when you gave me a shout out for being a Patreon member. Lucy, I always appreciate your input. You have such wonderful insight and you really bring the show to the next level for me. I love how your brain works.
1: Oh, Kim, thank you.
3: (laughs) She says, I did just finish What We Become I enjoyed the episode and seeing our old characters. It was a bit confusing at first, but I liked it overall. Mainly. I'm just really happy. Michonne wasn't killed and that we Mm -hmm. will hopefully follow her story in the upcoming film with Rick. I look forward to hearing your thoughts too. Lastly, I wanted to leave you with something I found in the library that really made me smile. See attached photo. It's a whole book of Connie. Holy moly. (laughs) It's a book called 1000 words to sign by professor Jeffrey S poor.
1: That sounds like a made-up name, but this is a real book.
3: (laughs) And there's pictures of uh, the actress. What's her name? Lauren Lauren Ridloff. Ridloff. Yeah, doing different signs. There's like 12 different pictures of her or something. That's so cute. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, And then she says, I hope you and yours are all safe and healthy. Be well and take care. We will all get through this. Thank you, Kim. That was really nice. Oh, that
1: made me really emotional. Thank you, Kim. That's really touching. Yeah.
3: And then we got a few calls this First can't imagine one. why. Is everyone so busy? <laughs> I, I <know. laughs> this one did not leave her name.
4: Oh, hell yeah. Michonne is going to get her man. Yes. I'm super, 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 super excited. When the show first on, came on, I was so freaking disappointed. I was like, what the hell? Michonne would never put herself in this situation. But Michonne is going to get her man. That, that, <laughs> that made the show perfect. With all the mess. Who cares? I didn't like the beginning. But the end. Get your man, Michonne. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. <laughs> I <funny>. love it. <laughs> <laughs>
3: All right. Now is Greg Schwamm.
5: Hey, everybody. This is Greg. So calling about what we become, I thought it was pretty neat to see Michonne, kind of old original gangsta Michonne with her walkers and their chains uh, in the cold open and then throughout later in the episode, then obviously in the end, uh, kind of full circle. I'm wondering if it's leading into her maybe eventually showing up in the world beyond like they did with Morgan and fear. Um, I thought that I actually had to go back and what we become, like, look at what the arc was with regard to the comics. And uh, I think that that was the one where they found Morgan and he was similar to Virgil Mm. being pretty fucked up and trying to kind of go on bonkers and Morgan very much in his clear state. I thought it was kind of a weak uh, exit for Michonne Uh, to at the very end. I was a little bit excited, but knowing that she's not necessarily going to be on the show, I was like, Oh man, I really want to see this. Oh, but this is her adventure uh, that doesn't make any sense to me. I don't think that you'd be able to convince somebody that, Hey, I have to go find the brave man while leaving my two kids at home to fend for themselves. Regardless of how capable they are, it just doesn't seem like it makes a lot of sense. Um,
0: Mm. We
5: finally got what Daito and Shoto uh, were about. Um, And so now that makes a little more sense that she was calling for Daito, although it seemed weird with Judith calling that in the middle of battle. And that's pretty much all I got. Although the hallucinogenic apples reminded me of you uh, and the show you and Joe getting dosed with LSD. Oh, and my absolute favorite part of the whole thing was the alternate timeline, because even though it only took like maybe five minutes, that kept me riveted the whole time. I don't know why I enjoy alternate timelines so much, but that one was the one where I was just like, oh, shit. And then her progression through uh, from abandoning uh, Lori to her, wait, no, that's Lori Holden, abandoning mm-hmm. Andrea uh, to uh, <laughs> her death at Daryl and Rick's hands. I thought, I thought it was really, really cool. And it was, to me, it was riveting. All right. Look forward to the podcast. Talk to you guys later. Bye.
1: Yay. Thanks, Greg.
3: I agree with that. I, I don't know if we were, if he we said it well enough, but the way it was presented, just going through that whole timeline. And especially when, uh, you see Rick shooting and then, uh, Daryl shoots her with an arrow and then comes up and pushes her down. And then Rick comes up and there's this really uh, tense violin music playing the whole time. It was just a really tense progression. It I really it was. was. Very yeah. Well done.
1: Yeah. That music, man. The music was great in this episode. Yeah. yeah.
3: And then we have Steve Brown. Hey, walking dead cast.
2: This is Steve. Uh, this is for the latest episode of <laughs> walking dead. What we become, uh, Hmm. Not really sure. This one, I, I can't really pinpoint a top, <laughs> a top three. There was a lot of stuff in this, a lot of good stuff. I, I had a lot of questions though, a lot of, a lot of problems. So hopefully you guys can decode some of it. But I guess Virgil just completely lied and hit the whole point of him coming and getting Michonne was literally he was just looking for someone who could kill his family for him? Really? That's you. That's what you were doing. You went all the way to Oceanside, however far it is, and that was your whole your whole reason and then you lie and try to trick him about these weapons and you bring him all this bring her all this way and that's really all it was was simply, oh, I need you to kill my zombie turned family for me. Uh, hmm. And yeah. uh so I and I, I, I like the ending, I guess, that Judith gives her the kind of, okay, you can go and look for Dad, but it just, I don't know. I, it, I had a lot of problems with this, so hopefully you can you can help me out and uh, make this episode better. I watched it twice, and I still had the same issues with it. So, uh, okay, uh, can't wait to see you next week. The preview looks great. Talk to you later.
1: I don't know if we'll have helped or made it more well confusing. <laughs>
3: it makes me feel good to know that nobody seems to know.
1: Yeah, I think so, because I was just like, um, "Am I? Maybe I just missed something." But I'm yeah. glad that everyone's kind of in the same boat.
3: But I, my read on it is that Virgil wasn't just looking for somebody necessarily to bring back to the island to get his family. I think he was looking for supplies. And yes. And he happened to get tangled up with Michonne and the, uh, the Oceansiders, and he ended up owing them. And so he mentioned that there may be weapons because he's on a naval wa- base. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't sure. Uh, I don't know if he made that clear, but he wasn't sure. And so then he just used the situation to his advantage that, oh, I see that Michonne is actually really good at killing zombies. Maybe I can get her to get to my family so I can. I think Mm -hmm. he gave him a proper burial, but I was kind of confused about that. And also, It seemed like
1: they did. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And also maybe I can have her help me um, get these people out without getting killed. So I don't think that was the whole purpose of him being away from the island. But I think he just Mm -hmm. used the situation to his advantage once all that. Stuff happened.
1: That makes sense to me,
3: I guess. And then we have one more call from Anthony Crutis. This is the guy oh, who Anthony. mentioned last week was the all night stalker at Walmart. And oh, bless him. Yeah, and he um, appreciated the response to that. And he, I don't think he'd seen this week's episode when he sent this in. So here goes. Okay.
4: Hi, this is Anthony Crutis. Uh, I P, uh, posted on your the wall about. Wishing I could watch the show. Well, I got home at 9 o'clock in the morning. Today I got to ride home. And, wow, that was one of the best episodes I've seen in a real long time for Last any week. TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also just wanted to say a big thank you to all the people who thanked me on the page. I personally thanked them. That was really cool. And thank you guys, really. It does mean a lot. I mean, uh, who would have thought a, a, a job like this that was kind of, you know, just do it overnight. Stock would be more important than engineers and lawyers and every anybody else. But um, it's pretty cool to know that you guys are, that, you know, you know I, that, thanking us. I mean, I posted on the Walmart Facebook page about that. Hey, anybody else was to the Walking Dead cast? That they gave us a really big shout out. And uh, I'm kind of tired at 7:30. I just finished up. We did. Oh, 11 pallets of frozen food <laughs> between three people. Wow. So um, if I don't make a zombie noise, it's because I'm too tired and my sinuses are stubby. Oh. So um, I'll be listening next week. Have a good one, people. Bye-bye.
3: Anthony, the best time to make a zombie sound is when you have sinuses. And when it comes naturally, that's the best yeah. time.
1: <laughs> Anthony, you are a hero. It's all entirely deserved. Like Right now, the work you're doing is it's keeping stuff together like it really is i've been so impressed um with the way society has kind of come together and totally stalking is a huge part of that
3: Mm -hmm. thanks again man yeah all right that is our show episode 390 thanks for listening everybody that was fun even though it was a weird episode i enjoyed yeah, it. yeah I, I feel really.
1: it was fun to podcast even though it was it was bananas yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah
3: uh, if you guys want to give us a call you can reach us at 650-485-DEAD that's 650-485-3323
1: you can email us at brains at podcastica.com
3: find us on the web at facebook.com slash deadcast
1: and be sure to check out our other shows at com.
3: Where we're covering Westworld and Lock and Key right now.
1: And let's face it guys, now is the time to catch up on your podcast, so get <laughs> stuck in.
3: <laughs> Next episode, The Walking Dead Season 10, Episode 14. Look at the flowers.
1: Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Does
3: that mean something for Carol oh nice. I'm nervous. Nice. I'm
1: nervous. <laughs> <laughs>
3: or some kid? Are there any kids left?
1: <laughs> oh God, Judith! No! <laughs> oh, no! Oh,
3: please take RJ. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> We're
1: really less invested in him. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: He's adorable. He's very cute. All right, that's our show. Thanks for
1: listening. Lass dich nicht beißen, Jessica. Hawaii. We can fight them, Rick.
0: We can find a way to beat them. We can do this. But. but only if. We.